Welcome to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things excellent tunes and intersectional feminism. This month is huge for new releases, including bands like Diet Sig and I, Nicole. Everyone is stepping up and delivering powerful, impactful, and important records that speak to personal experiences. Whether you're breaking past gender boundaries set by a music scene, or severing ties with an old friend, there's a lot to be inspired by. Inaco has done just that and more with their new record, Silver Haze. The entire record is filled with so much personal depth, from the lyrics to every packed bit of rhythm and chord. I was lucky to get in touch with Mars, who writes and plays guitar in Inaco. They had a lot of personal anecdotes to share about Silver Haze, along with some really great memories of first discovering the bands that inspired them. Let's listen to some music off Silver Haze and then get into the chat with Mars. and be able to talk to you about uh, the new Ainuko. Is that the correct way to pronounce it? Ainuko. Ainuko. Okay, great. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I always struggle with that and I'm super psyched and I want to make sure <laughs> everybody out there knows how to say the band's name right. Because cool. it's such an important band. Um, so you. one of the first questions I kind of have for you is asking a little bit about um, how Ainuko was formed and how the band kind of came together. Um... So, Joe, who plays the bass, um, we're, we're like best friends, and we've been playing music together, um, well, we've known each other for like 10 years and been playing music almost as long, um, and our new, our new drummer, Sheena, um, Joe and I, also, we've known her for probably like nine years. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've just been playing music with Joe for a really long time and like moved across the country, just playing music in like another band. And then we moved to New York together seven years ago. Um, 
and well, well I guess it's always confusing because like we had a band called Inaco 10 like nine or ten years ago um but I, I usually just like don't even talk about that that part I just like start talking about when we moved to New York as Inaco um so yeah Joe and I we were playing with our friend Angie who was the original drummer of Inaco and we started like right away like right when we got to New York like got a practice space well Angie got the practice space and we were ready to practice like right away and start working on new songs and stuff and it and then a few later a few years later we asked Jade to join the band um, who plays guitar and sings and she's also my roommate um, and Joe and I met Jade because we were volunteering at girls rock camp oh nice first, yeah when we first moved here so Joe Jade and I were volunteers at William A um, rock camp for girls and we were all also looking for an apartment and so the three of us ended up moving in a place together. Um, so yeah, that's how we met Jade. And then Angie, the original drummer, couldn't keep playing with us anymore. So we asked our friend Sheena, even though she lives all the way in Columbus, Ohio, we asked her to play with us because um, there was this tour that we already said yes to. It was the Joanna Grusin tour a oh, few nice. years ago. Okay. Yeah, and our original drummer was like, I can't do that. And we're like, shit, it's happening in just a few weeks. What do we do? And then, yeah, we just kept playing with Sheena because even though she lives so far away, we still have been kind of making it work for now. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool, though. I mean, to be able to work with so many great people in the space and then being able to reach to someone who's quite a bit of a distance away to have that (laughs) chemistry, that's really cool, though. Yeah, yeah, and I was in a band with Sheena back in the day, too. Oh, really? Yeah. That's really neat how everybody kind of came together and stuff, and then, you know, being able to make that new to New York, how do you think that helped you a little bit with your songwriting? Um, Moving to New York? Yeah, because, I mean, that's a whole new experience, (laughs) I would think, you know, coming to a big city and, you know, you kind of hit the ground running by the sound of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, I feel like because I live in New York, my, like, songwriting habits had to change because I was working a lot more. hmm Because, um, yeah, previously I wasn't working Monday through Friday. I was working, like, somewhere between, like, three, four days a week. Um, and now I have to work Monday through Friday and a lot of times on the weekend too. So I have to like figure out where to fit in songwriting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was really struggling with it for the last several years, but maybe in the last year and a half or something, I've been just, you know, trying to value my weekends more and not say yes to work. Even though I, I could use the money, I would rather use that time, you know, even though I'll, yeah, I'll be broke. I'd rather use that time doing stuff that I find, you know, 
valuable and like you know it means more to me than you know working on the weekends well there's some self-enrichment that goes into it too I'm sure being able to take time for yourself and think and process and then turn that into something some really beautiful music yeah how did you first kind of get involved in playing music for yourself when did you first pick up like maybe your first instruments um well when I was really little I had this Casio keyboard and I was I would just like mess around with that and also my older brothers had a drum set and um I, I definitely like messed that drum set up up really bad like I was like coloring on the heads with like permanent markers and like stabbing holes in the heads (laughs) I didn't know I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that (laughs) um but yeah I messed around on that that Casio keyboard a lot um just like teaching myself how to play and then I didn't I didn't really write songs on it or anything um, or, or maybe I did and I just like don't remember because I was so young and then I played trumpet in middle school and junior high and high school oh wow that's neat uh, yeah and then I picked up guitar somewhere in the middle there and realized it was a little bit cooler than trumpet or at least <laughs> I like I felt cooler playing guitar over trumpet um, and I taught myself how to play guitar um, and eventually I just started writing songs because I was teaching myself guitar by playing songs that I liked listening to, like songs from the radio. Like the first few songs I learned were like Michelle Branch and Jewel songs. Oh, that's cool. I love and, Michelle Branch. <laughs> yeah. And then out of that, I started writing my own songs and I was playing acoustic guitar at the time. Um, Yeah, and I just would, I eventually just started like recording them with a tape recorder or later I got a computer that had a little microphone built into the monitor and I would just like stand up with the guitar strap and just like try to like hover over the microphone in the monitor and just like record stuff for myself. And then eventually I put it on MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool though. Everybody kind of has their way of finding into recording, whether it's like that cell phone recording demo or, you know, I have a friend of mine who wrote some music and they use like, they called it like toilet demos because they were in their bathroom doing the acoustics and figuring it all out. Oh, nice. That's really cool though, that you kind of found your way into that and started recording for yourself. Anything that you can do is really neat. How do you think music kind of helped shape you as you got older and as you um, began to explore? Because I know artistically speaking, you know, whether you're doing anything, it kind of helps you identify and understand different parts of who you are and Mm -hmm. makes you think and absorb different parts of what you want to be even. Um, Well, I, when I was a teenager, um, I was really obsessed with trying to find bands that had women in them. Mm -hmm. And I had like pages and pages of like, like I had 
pages, like on like documents on my computer. I had like handwritten, like in my notebook, just lists of bands that had women in them. And a lot of them were kind of like Riot Girl and like the like feminist. Um, and I was like, whoa, like you can be like political and like women are in bands that that's really cool I I want to like know more I want to like absorb all of this and like figure out what this is about like this is so different from anything I could have ever imagined um and then from there I started becoming like politicized and like getting into punk like finding out about punk like I knew about like Black Flag and like Dead Kennedys and like stuff like that but um I don't I, I don't know like when I found out about like Slater Kinney and Bikini Kill I was like oh this is really cool like yeah I, I don't know I, I was like learning about punk and like zines but I didn't have friends like I, I didn't have friends and definitely didn't know anyone who was into stuff like this so it was all on the internet like I was yeah. just like doing all this research on the internet and like somehow was also getting my homework done. (laughs) (laughs) I would just like spend hours and hours just researching stuff on the internet and looking through like chat rooms and forums about like, cause like I wasn't the only one looking for bands with women in them. Like people are in forums would like, Oh yeah. Like, well, if you like this band, you might know about this band and just like, list a bunch of stuff and I'd be writing it down and like and this is all on dial-up too so it like took (laughs) so long to like find the bands and then try to like download their songs because you can't just like yeah you couldn't just like turn on Spotify or go to YouTube or whatever (laughs) no not yet if anything yeah not at that point it had to be so satisfying when you found like some of those first bands but as soon as the music actually hit after you were able to finish your research and get it yeah. Um, wh- which one do you think was the most exciting for you to finally get a hold of and really hook on to? Um, there were, I don't know. I, I don't know if there was like any one band. I did really, really like Slater Kinney though. Mm-hmm. And I never super liked Bikini Kill, but I liked what they like stood for at the time. And, um, yeah, it was just, it like, like wasn't totally my thing, but I really liked what they were doing and like, or what they, I guess at that point had already done because it was like 2000 or something <laughs> when I found out about them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really like those. I also got into crass really hard for a second. Oh yeah? Yeah. That's um, neat though. I mean. Yeah. Everybody kind of finds their bands that they sort of hook into. It doesn't matter when, but, like, I think I remember being in, like, middle school, and that's when I started listening to, like, Bikini Kill and Hole and all that, and it yeah. started to it started to really kind of sink in that these were the sort of things that I'd be building on for years to come as far as, like, uh, finding bands that had powerful voices. I think of bands like not only yours, but also, like, uh, Downtown Boys that really stand out to me, and I can really mm-hmm. fixate on identity and you know politics and the things that actually impact us and such so it's kind of cool to think back on who it was that really made us 
begin to think that way and shape our belief structure yeah it's definitely yeah it's definitely like a lot of different bands like I was absorbing like so much stuff and I also really liked Kitty at the time um which is it's like I feel kind of silly like admitting it but I really liked Kitty I still really do like (laughs) it's just like really like angry and like yeah I would like turn it on like on my boom box and like turn the volume up really loud (laughs) like when I was angry and just like um but I also was like finding out about like indie rock like I really liked Rilo Kylie Mm -hmm. and Isley and like Bright Eyes um I also you know like I was into Linkin Park and Limp Bizkit too (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> we all loved it we all did it yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I still do I still do really like those bands <laughs> and listen to them regularly I know it's always fun because I, I don't believe in deleting older music even if I do find it like somewhat embarrassing so like yeah. it's so much fun to like put my my phone on shuffle and just hear just like random <laughs> like cheesy like you know, like radio butt rock sometimes is sometimes yeah. it's just enjoyable. It's like, yeah, this is great because I used to jam like crazy <laughs> to this. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Mm. There's so much that goes into it. You know, I, I just love the influence that this stuff kind of leaves on us and everything. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure hearing a lot of like the Riot girl music of, you know, the 90s, getting into the indie rock and stuff. And of course, anything because culture is so amazing has this way of kind of leaving impression and stuff. And one of the things that your band is doing is really making a point to bring up things like identity. I feel like that's something Mm -hmm. that means a lot to me to hear. Um, You know, can you talk about how that started to come forward with your band? It almost sounds like it's been there since the beginning. Um, yeah, I, I kind of think it has been, um, I mean, I guess maybe the earlier songs, I'm trying to remember what they were even about. I feel like I feel like the earlier songs were maybe about just feeling really sad or shy or something. And I mean I guess it's just like a part of like growing up too, like and going to therapy starting to go to therapy. Um and I don't know, like I don't I guess I like didn't want to keep writing songs that were kind of like the song is like kind of about how I'm really sad but I wanted to like dig in deeper like well why am I sad like what oh yeah it's like because of my like abusive childhood or like mm-hmm. because of like racism like I, I I guess I just wanted to like to go deeper um and I don't know just like yeah just like growing up and like learning like more about myself like it kind of was just like natural to like also like start singing about that stuff yeah because I feel like you know with a lot of the newer songs between your previous EP and of course Silver Haze I feel like everybody whether it be yourself and Jade opening up vocally, but even musically, it feels like everybody's kind of coming forward more and more with yeah. their, the real life experiences, you know, the identity of 
what it is to be, you know, for, for your instance, from my understanding, black Filipino and the racism mm-hmm. that you may face and, and do face truthfully, yeah. along with the things that you face also somebody who is transgender. So it sounds like everybody's really opening up and experiencing so much that as a listener, I feel like every time I get to unpack a little bit more of mm-hmm. at least understanding your experience, yeah. Um, how does it feel for you to kind of expose yourself more and more as a musician? Um, <laughs> I was definitely um, pretty scared. I mean, I'm still scared, but I think I was a lot more scared before. I mean, that's, I mean, I guess that's probably why I, I just like write a song and like, oh, this song is just about being sad, but like, not really going, not really going there and like exploring like why, um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I, like part of me wants to like keep hiding behind like vagueness, but part of me also wants to like go deeper and like maybe like other people can connect to it more and be like, oh, that, I know exactly how that feels. Like I have that same experience or uh, I guess also just like empathy, like people who don't have that experience, like can empathize like, Oh, like I had no idea. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, and I guess it's basically, yeah. Like I have all these intersections and like, I say this all the time, like no one's going to, tell my story I have to tell it like I like I I feel like I struggle like parts of me just want to be completely invisible and like like not have a body or something and like but then like other parts of me are like I exist and like people need to know that it needs to be like recorded and hopefully like be you know like after I'm gone, like, that, I don't know, it's, like, that history is there, like, I existed, or whatever, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's, that's so special to think of, though, because it's, like, you are leaving a mark on so many different people. I think about, um, you know, just, just the experience of being a person of color, that's something that I can resonate with, and for me, uh, to, to hear about those experiences that others have had, it kind of helps, kind of lend a strength when listening to the music and then it gives you a little bit at least for for on the receiving end it's like okay I I know what I have faced I know what others have faced this is how we're leaving our mark Mm -hmm. so I think that's really special that you kind of have that thought in mind also that this is something that other people can hold on to and process and you know it's gonna mean something and it already does I think is the best part your your album seems so well received across the board from so many different outlets so that's got to be really exciting oh. too um <laughs> yeah I mean it's cool um and scary but <laughs> yeah I'm glad it's finally out and people can hear it and hopefully like more people will hear it and connect to it and like find out about us and I don't know like see themselves when they see us like I yeah I definitely want to like try to reach like that crowd and like people 
I don't know, like, and I've said this before too, like, I kind of want to be that band that, you know, I needed when I was a teenager. Um, Cause um, like I was saying earlier that I was obsessed with finding like bands with, with women in them, but it was never like specific, like, it was just like women, like it wasn't necessarily like queer women or, or anything, you know? And I like, I, I would never think like, Oh, let me try to find a band with like trans women in them or, you know, black women in them, like a rock band with black women. Like I, w- I never even thought that could like exist. Like, yeah. of course I didn't like try to look that up, but like, I did want that. I just like, I was like, that doesn't exist. Like, yeah, it but I, I did want that. Yeah. It wasn't out there and accessible, I think, in the way that it is now. Because, you know, I, I think a lot of us started out with the mentality of, you know, I want to find a band, and I, I still hate this terminology, like, free, female-fronted band. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I hate that yeah. now. Because I'm just like, <laughs> no, that's so wrong. And they're, the, like, women belong in so many other spaces. There are queer people who are in those spaces also. There are people of color. We need to look for people across the board who just, you know, aren't the standard, like, cis-het man. We Mm -hmm. have to go beyond that. So it's like now that we're opening up these spaces and we're starting to see, you know, bands that consider themselves to be like queer core and stuff, it's like they're there and they're so much easier to find. And I think it helps so much that there are bands like yours who are becoming more prominent and that's helping somebody out there who didn't know what they were looking for. It's like, wait a minute, I know what I'm looking for. There's a band out there that features, you know, people of color and people who are trans. And it's just, it's got to be really just it's got to be cool to know that you are becoming that band that you wanted as a teenager that you were looking for yeah there's got to be some satisfaction there yeah (laughs) yeah it it is kind of cool yeah (laughs) yeah I I I love the philosophy of like being the person that you wanted or needed at some point in your life so or growing to be that person and you know, uh, I kind of want to talk to you also about some of the songs that you wrote specifically, because a lot of these things resonated with me. I mean, from the opening, I love that with We're Different Now, the way oh, that yeah. you have the, the layered <laughs> audio tracks from, you know, when you were yeah. a kid and your friends and mm-hmm. just the beats behind it. I was just like, oh, as soon as it opened, I knew this was going to be something that I was going to be addicted to, like the entire album. Cool. <laughs> cool, <laughs> you know, cool. How did you pick which, like, audio samples you wanted to include or, like, you know, figure out what you wanted to layer it with? Um, I, I, well, I started off with the music, and I just did that in GarageBand, like, Oh, really? I, yeah, I was just, like, messing around in GarageBand, and I was like, this sounds kind of cool, and this is, like, a good length. Like, I don't want it to go on for too long. Um, and one thing, like, I hate that we don't get to have band practice regularly, but one thing that I do, like, in place of that is just for hours just playing GarageBand, which is kind of like band practice, just, like, just me just like going over parts or or, yeah going part going over on parts like just like for minutes and just like jamming out with myself that's cool though um yeah and then I came up with that and I was like this is cool this is cool and then 
Um, I, yeah, I have these like childhood tapes that, um, well, I need to digitize them. Some of them still aren't digitized and I'm scared (laughs) I'm going to lose them. Um, but yeah, I just kind of, um, went through, I think it, I, I think it's actually just one tape that's labeled mommy, but it's misspelled. Um, and it's like the first of my childhood tapes and I kind of just like listening to it and, uh, yeah, just like stuck in the parts that I thought were not as embarrassing, but also really funny. <laughs> no, it was, um, <laughs> no, like, it, it was great. I, I found it so special to kind of like hear just different elements. Cause it's not often that you hear from either people who are, who are, you know, artistic, but also people in general, it's like, you don't always get to know that far back of a person and stuff. So I feel like it was yeah. very raw and personal to hear that. Yeah. I've always <laughs> wanted to include those tapes on something. Yeah. Um, I wanted to actually do more of them like throughout mm-hmm. the album, but I thought maybe that it seemed like maybe that was going to be too much. And I wanted to actually focus on the songs we did already have written in or, or like working on, like not the little like interludes. Okay. Um, but maybe in the future I can yeah. incorporate that some more. <laughs> it can become almost like <laughs> a signature that you leave on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and yeah, I've, I've always wanted to have an album that, wasn't just song 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 like but have like like samples or or you know like yeah like something from my childhood tapes or like soundscapes or like some yeah just like something a little bit different um instead of yeah just like have like a different kind of like package or something like it's not just track one track two track three like I don't know it lets you mix it up what is yeah the, what's the phrase we're different now mean to you oh um it, it's funny when I said it or when I was listening to myself my childhood self like say it I was like I don't I don't know what I was talking about <laughs> um I, I can't remember but like yeah I saved I put that on on the end um because like the person I was talking to was my childhood best friend and like that sentence it's funny because I I, like have it echo and like fade out at the end yeah that's like like kind like when I when I first heard it like I was like wait like that's exactly how I feel right now like I feel so different from my childhood best friend um now I feel like I like keep saying this and he's gonna like eventually like hear like what the fuck like why are you talking about me and like you wrote this song about me and what's your problem (laughs) um but maybe he'll have no idea I don't know um but yeah like we're just like totally different people um just like don't get along like or like don't see eye to eye um and it's really I don't know it just like makes me feel really sad that someone I was friends with you know since I was seven decided that like I'm not worth respecting or anymore or something like I feel like when we became teenagers I was kind of like starting to see like 
some cracks in our relationship. Like, you know, he was friends with the kind of, just like, just like stupid dudes who, you know, say fucked up things about women or gay people. Um, and like calling each other faggot and like, he would never like correct them or like say anything. And I'm just like, you're, you might as well just say it too. Like, I never, I, ne- I never confronted him as a teenager. But I was just like, who are you? Like, why are you friends with these people? I'd rather have no friends than be friends with these people. Um, but yeah, and then like a few years ago, I was like, I, I'm done. Like, I can't be friends with you. Like, you can't respect me. And like, I mean, it all came, it all came about because like, some post he had on Facebook that was about like, I feel like it had something to do with like, look at these black people like rioting and looting. Um, like it was like something like that. Yeah. And, and I was just like, you don't even know what's going on. Like I'm, and I, yeah, I was like trying to ha- have like over Facebook messenger, uh, have like this conversation. And he was just like, I don't know. I'm colorblind. Like I don't see color. I'm just like, I'm black. Like you have to see that. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? Like, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I just like, I was like, I can't take this. Like here are some links, read these or don't talk to me. (laughs) Well, sometimes it's really difficult because those are, you know, you have these long-term relationships and I feel like a lot of it's been stirred up lately where you kind of start to see other people's belief structures and how painful that can be for you to maintain that relationship. You know, uh, uh, I know for me, I, I think a lot of, a lot of my friends, for example, they had, I don't think they had any register in their brain that, you know, I'm Mexican, you know, I'm, I'm directly (laughs) impacted by like a lot of the things that are being said and done and what's going on right now with like, you know, it's like, yes, I was born in the United States, but people don't see that. They just see your skin color or they see mm-hmm. your your immediate ethnicity or whatever. So, you know, you kind of have to sit yeah. there and, you know, it stinks to have to step back mm-hmm. from the relationships of that you've held for so long. And yeah. you have to, I think I could definitely relate to that. The whole, like, you know, we're dramatically different from each other and maybe someday we'll find our way back to each other. And maybe we, you know, this person who has hurt you or who doesn't see the hurt that you carry, they'll eventually see it. And you can hope for that. It's a hard time right now to carry that. So I think that just honestly added a whole other dimension of feeling to that intro that, you know, I started to sense, but hearing a lot about that, I think just adds even more (laughs) (laughs) power to it. So, (laughs) you know, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. I feel like that's exactly what happens though with every song I hear. Um, you know, with Sissy also the one of the things that stood out to me is tell me how to be safe on these streets. Like, yeah. That was something the first time I heard and every time since it's like a punch. It's it's so important yeah. <laughs> because people think about that and it's like there there's so much that people have to take in consideration if you don't have a socially acceptable, if you will, di- identity. You know, what went into mm-hmm. that for you? Um, yeah, I, when I wrote that song, I feel like it might've been in the summer or something. And that's when, you know, that's, that's like street harassment season. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) 
terrible. It's and, so terrible. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, now that I am read as male more often, I don't see it quite as I don't see it quite as often. Um or I, well, I see it happen to other people. Yeah. Um but it doesn't it's yeah, I I don't personally you know, experience that so much anymore. Um, I definitely get like death glares because, you know, like I don't look hyper masculine um, or I'm like wearing pink, I'm wearing a pink sweater or whatever. Um, but I, but I still, I still like in my body, I still have like that trauma from when I did experience street harassment, like mm-hmm. being read as a woman or a girl, like I remember it happening to me when I, I remember one of the first times I was like 15 or something. And I was like, so scared. I'm like, what, why would someone do this to me? Like I was just volunteering with like little kids. It was like Easter Sunday. I was volunteering with little kids oh, at wow. the park. And then like, as soon as I stepped outside of the park, like I was, I was like outside of the fence of the park and like, some guys were in a car like honking at me and like saying you know like gross stuff and I'm like what <laughs> like like <laughs> why is this happening like um it's a terrifying experience yeah. whether you're a child or an adult yeah yeah and so I, I like still have like I still like carry that trauma with me and mm-hmm. like men following me even though like I don't look like a woman anymore or like I, I'm not read as a woman anymore I, I, yeah I still like carry all of that with me and like feel really paranoid even though like you know they don't like see me as a woman yeah um, but so, so so there's like that part of it but then also like I feel like I don't necessarily dress the way i want to all the time because I'm scared it will attract attention, unwanted attention. Um, like I want to wear crop tops. I want to wear like short shorts. I mean, my shorts are pretty short, but like sometimes I want them to like be shorter, but I'm like scared that, you know, someone's going to like, like say something really mean to me or worse. Um, And like, I want to wear lipstick and like, just like, you know, (laughs) just like be what I like feel like inside, but I'm just like so scared. (laughs) It's, it's terrible because I think that so many of us, it's like just people, there's, there's this thought of like, can I dress a certain way without being harassed? Can I present myself in the way that I feel today without being harassed? You know, Mm -hmm. I I live here in Florida and it's like, you know, I was going to wear, I was going to, yeah, I was going to wear like a bikini in my backyard to tan one day. And my mom was like, don't do that. You're going to have somebody approach you off the street. Cause I don't really have like a fence and stuff. And I'm like, 
Oh. But it's my property, you know, somebody harasses me, this is my business, like, you know, but yeah. the fact that you even have to think like that, you know, yeah. it's insane that, you know, any way that you want to be or dress or do, it's like there always is a consequence because people have to insert either their opinions or treat you like just terribly just yeah. for being yourself or doing something for yourself, so. yeah. Yeah, if anything, that, that particular lyric really stood out to me because it was something that, you know, whether you're you're a woman, you're trans, you're presenting any sort of way that is outside of what a group of people thinks is supposed to be normal or okay, it's like mm -hmm. you're going to receive and understand that sort of treatment and what comes with it. So that's, it's definitely a very important song, I felt like. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I wanted I yeah, I wanted to write like a a short like fast song. I mm -hmm. intended for that song to have more screaming in it, but I really I don't know. <laughs> I didn't really go there. <laughs> yeah. No, I think the speed is really good for that. If anything, I can't wait yeah. to hear that one live on this tour just cuz I feel like or I hope it's cool. on your list cuz it's it was so good. Cool. Yeah, we haven't played it live yet. Oh, really? Because um, we, ha we have to, like, relearn it because we haven't really played it since we recorded it. Oh, okay. So we have to, like, relearn it. Um, wait, where do, you, where do you live? I'm in, uh, like, the St. Petersburg, Tampa area and stuff. So if okay. anything, I'll probably hit up, like, I think you have, like, an Orlando date or something. So, or a Gainesville, okay. one of the two. But yeah. I, I, I've, everything's within, like, two hours of each other. So it's pretty easy for me to get to all those different shows throughout Florida. So that's awesome. Okay. Cool. Cool. But yeah, no, I'm definitely going to come say hi to you in person just cause awesome. yeah, but <laughs> no, I'm excited to hear so many of these songs live and stuff. Um, the other one that I'm really hooked into is the song you wrote spare me. Mm -hmm. That one is so catchy. You know? <laughs> Thank Can you, you tell me about how you wrote that one also? Oh, okay. So that's the song that's about my childhood best friend. Directly, also, yeah, yeah, um, and that one, yeah, that one's more about like, like, yeah, what I was saying, like, it, I feel really sad that I've known you for, since, you know, we were seven, and you're like giving me all these excuses about like, you know, why black lives don't matter and why. Sh I don't think he ever specifically said all lives matter, but like he might as well have said that. Cause like, that's what the intention meant. is there. Yeah. And, and like, it makes me even more sad because like, he's a person of color, you know? Oh, wow. Like, and yeah, and still doesn't, it doesn't register. No. I mean, I also feel like he hangs around like so many, like not down white people. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. he's just like, I, you know, like probably just like stuffed it down or whatever. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, he's not, I guess he's like a little bit white passing also. Mm -hmm. So like yeah. can kind of just like, you know, like be invisible. In Some that. people use their privilege in that sense too. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the song is just about that and like, the bridge is about one of the last times we ever hung out in like um in Arkansas and getting high and watching the sunset and like and then running down we were like 
um, we're at this, we, we like went for a hike, like as the sun was setting and then got to the top of this mountain and then, or cliff or whatever, and then watched the sun go down. And then we we're like, oh, we have to get out of here. Like there's no lights. We didn't have a flashlight <laughs> or anything. We just like, like ran through the dark, yeah, like, kind of high back to the car. And then I was like, um, shooting, I was like throwing bottle rockets, like out the car while we were driving through the woods too. I was like, what am I doing? But the song, yeah, the songs was like uh, about that. And like the last time we hung out and how it just makes me really sad that that's how things are now between us. Yeah. That's a lot to, you know, carry, especially for somebody where you have those kind of memories and such. So, um, yeah, yeah, that, that, that kind of song I think is going to connect with a lot of people just for, because I think so many people have experienced that, especially with the wake of everything that's been going on with this administration and what that's exposing in people. So yeah, yeah, that song was really powerful and important. And I think the cool thing is, is that it, all these other, all these songs really have lined up together to really tell beautiful stories from beautiful perspectives. You know, what's it like for you to write songs with, uh, with Jade and be able to kind of bounce back and forth? Cause you share the co-vocalist duties, right? Yeah. Um, I have a hard time with coming up with harmonies. So Jade just kind of tells me what to sing (laughs) and how to sing it. And then I do it. And um, sometimes she wants me to go lower because she can't hit the lower notes, but I can. Um, and so I do that and she kind of also tells me what to play on the guitar. Some like, like she kind of already has like a second guitar part, like written in, in her head and like, Oh, okay. I'll play that. Um, so some, sometimes it's like a mix of like what she came up with and um, what I come up with to like go along with the part she had in mind. Um, and that's kind of the same thing for my songs too. Like sometimes I'll have kind of like an idea of what I want the guitar, the, her to be playing on guitar for my songs. Um, and like, there'll be like some blanks there where I'm just like, Oh, for this part, I, I couldn't come up with something, but like, you can kind of do whatever there. And, yeah, I kind of just like, yeah, we just kind of like figure it out together. That's neat that you kind of help each other fill each other's vision and kind of yeah. make sure that you, you put out a really, you know, full song, whether yeah. it's like parts that each of you envisioned for it or what you can add to it. So that's always really special whenever yeah. a band can do that. What were some of maybe your favorite songs to write and hear off of the record? Um... I guess, um, I guess Spare Me was really fun because that's the first time I'd ever used a chorus pedal. Uh-huh. Um, I was playing a lot of Nirvana around the time and like, um, I, what was I playing? I, uh, I think I was playing Heart Shaped Box or something. Oh, nice. <laughs> and so I was like messing, I, 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 I don't know, I was feeling like I was having a hard time writing songs with standard tuning. So um, I was just kind of 
you know, ex experimenting with like a different tuning. And so spare me is, I think it's like drop C, drop C sharp tuning or something. Um, so it, yeah, just kind of like, it just like sounds a lot different than standard tuning. Um, and, and then with the chorus pedal effect, yeah, and it was just like fun to just like do something a little bit different. Yeah, it really stood out on the record, I think, because of all of that. So it yeah. sounds like, you know, you put a lot into it and it, it really shows. Um, oh, I, I left this out when I was talking about Spare Me, though, that there's cicada sounds in the, um, like right before the bridge. You can like kind of tell. Um, I, yeah, I kind of just want to like put that in there because I, yeah, I grew up in Arkansas and like, that's, that's like, that's like what summer sounds like cicadas. And so oh, I like, wanted to put that in there too. Oh, I wanted to do awesome. more. Yeah. I wanted to do more stuff like that too. Like in our songs, just like have like this layer of like some sound like that, like cicadas. Um, but yeah. I, I don't know, like, um, are you excited to kind of be able to put these songs out on tour and let everybody hear all of that? There's a lot of really great spots you'll be hitting up too. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm glad that we're, we're able to go on tour right when the album comes out and, you know, these songs people will actually have heard before because some of them we've been playing, but people don't know them because they haven't been like released yet but sure yeah i'm glad now someone will actually know some of the songs we're playing on our set so <laughs> that'll be fun <laughs> what stops are you looking forward to do you have favorite cities you like to see when you're on tour or any venues that uh, stand out to you that you loved um i'm really excited to go to the west coast oh awesome um we're, we're definitely going to a lot of new places this this trip but i'm definitely excited to go to the west coast because joe and i used to live there and there's just like so many buddies there especially especially in the bay area um yeah i used to live in oakland for a couple of years and one of my best friends is out there and a lot of other really good friends so i'm excited to see them um yeah i'm definitely excited about the west coast but we're also going to like Vancouver and we're playing a show in Mexico oh wow that's um, exciting yeah you have to go all um, over the place then <laughs> yeah we're going to McAllen uh McAllen Texas where there's also the Jindo Ranch and um I'm not a huge Jindo fan but Joe who plays the bass is uh a really big fan of Jindo doggies <laughs> so that's cool though yeah <laughs> yeah well, that's neat. And it's got to be really cool to be able to plan out your trip and get to see your friends along the way, especially on the West Coast. So that's yeah. really neat. Well, then uh, one other question for you then. Mm -hmm. If you could play with any band, they could be alive right now or they could be dead, who would it be? Just one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give um, you three. <laughs> okay. Well, um. Jeez, I don't know. <laughs> um, I guess, I mean, 
it would be kind of cool to play with Sleater Kinney. Um, and Death, um, the band from Detroit. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, wait, um, as, uh, I totally forgot what their name is, so I'm just going to say those two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that looks cool, though. I like yeah. the picks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. Hey, it's great, because, you know, if anything, I give you, who knows, some of these could be goals or things that you could see happen. Slater yeah. With how, they'll play shows every now and then and stuff, and they'll do their tours, so you never know. That could yeah. be a happening thing. Yeah, just putting it out there. So. Yeah, you put it out in the universe, it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of goals would you like to see happen for, you know, the band or even for yourself as a musician or personally? Um, I mean, I would really like to find a way for music to be you know the thing that I do where I can like live off of it um (laughs) like make money from it um and I don't mean like get like rich and famous but like (laughs) I yeah like it would be so cool to like be able to live off my art or whatever (laughs) yeah just your living wage enough to be able to keep doing what you're doing yeah like i i just want to do this (laughs) i don't know (laughs) well i hope that definitely happens for you what you're doing is really special and important and i think it's resonating with a lot of people this album is pure fire i'm excited to hear it live Uh, where can everybody find all things iNeko um well we're on Instagram it's I-A-Y-E underscore Nako N-A-K-O we're we're on there and sometimes we go live um we have a Tumblr um I don't remember what the ULR is for that and we're on Facebook we're on yeah we're on Twitter Facebook, um, I think that's, oh, we have, I think we have, like, a band camp, uh, yeah, yeah, we're out there, (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome, well, everybody will have to make sure they check out iNeko, thank you so much for talking to me, Mars, yeah, Um, of course, thank you, everybody needs to check out the new record, Silver Haze, out now on Don Giovanni Records.
heard Mars I Nico. It's one of the most special experiences getting to meet such an important and honest person in music. Every song on Silver Haze hits that much harder after hearing what went into them too. That's it for this week, but I'll have more for you all very soon. I'm always working on planning new episodes, and a fun little motivation is always a little review on iTunes. But if you want to get in touch with me, feel free to tweet me at Angry Girl Music follow on Instagram, or give Facebook a like. If you're interested in being a guest, send me an email at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. I love making friends and talking tunes, so let's chat. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Angry Girl Music of Indie Rock Persuasion. Until next time, stay indie and stay aware. It'll always feel good